I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Euh, dites donc, Nadège, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. Mais j'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadège Bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn, pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Sam Pets Radio, Australia's coolest podcast network. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special Christmas edition of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins, and joining me is my co-host... Santa! The, no. With the co-most. <laughs> That's right, the most COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yes, it is I, Jay Valen- Jonathan Valenzuela, currently suffering from COVID-19. Um, suffering is maybe a bit strong for what's actually... It feels like it's really been just a very mellow kind of like, or mellow's the wrong word. Uh, It's been a very kind of mild cold so far. I think the toughest part has actually been the cabin fever that my wife and I are experiencing after being at home for seven days straight. Yeah, well, it makes me happy to hear the ivermectin that you've been uh, mainlining has been working. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's you know you 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 rail a line of ivermectin and then you watch three or four liver king videos and the mm-hmm. COVID just gets terrified out of your body. That's how that's how Joe Rogan got rid of COVID. That's how John's getting rid of COVID. Indeed. Um, yes, my wife Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> My wife, Joe Rogan, has been, uh, yeah, very, very insistent on the horse paste. How are you doing, Levens? Are you you staying safe? Yeah, I'm COVID-free for now. I feel like everyone is going to get it in yeah. Sydney in the next month. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like, I know about 50 people that have it now, which is crazy, considering I feel like for the most of the last two years, I was like, I could tell you maybe a friend of a friend who got it in another country. Yeah. But no one... In Sydney, and now it's just, yeah, everyone is, is getting this uh, latest very fun Christmas variant. I messaged my family. The COVID DLC. Yeah. The Omicron DLC. I messaged my family and my sister was like, statistically speaking, we're all going to get it. And I'm like, that is very, that's reassuring in a very weird way, but also sucks very hard. Yep. Anywho, the, uh, the, the kind of, I guess the weird benefit has been... Um, I've had a bit more time over the last week to kind of tick off a couple of games that were missing from, um, you know, like things that I'd seen on end of year lists from other people that I was like, hey, I'm curious about that game. I want to give it a try. And one not very good game. So, Oh, great. Very excited to hear that. We have six pretty stupidly named games this week. Not going to lie. This is a... uh, 
Like, I'm not not particularly proud of the names of any of these games, I'll be honest. Uh, In my court, I have Let's Play Oink Games, um, Clockwork Aquario, and Unsighted. Right. John, how about you? I have uh, Wilder Myth, I have Dorf Romantic, and I have The Gunk. Surely it's Wildermyth, right? Could like, be. That's way, Wild- more, way more high fantasy. Wildermyth sounds probably more correct. Don't know where I pulled Wildermyth from. I think mispronunciation is uh, just... It's a cross I bear day in, day out. But, uh, okay, let's go with... <laughs> you Wil- and me both, brother. Wildermyth. Wildermyth maybe doesn't sound as dumb as Wildermyth. Gene Man, Wildermyth. Uh, Dorf Romantic is, uh, is maybe the dumbest named game in this episode for me. I, Have you, I argue wanna- it's the gunk. Okay, the gunk. I, I like the gunk. There's a simplicity to the gunk. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Dorf Romantic was developed by a German studio, so I kind of understand why it's called Dorf Romantic. Oh, named after Stephen Dorf, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. Gene Wildermyth, Stephen Dorf Romantic, and... Um, a- Hillary Gunk. <laughs> Perfect. Um, uh, I can't be bothered doing my ones, um, but uh, yeah, uh, we've got lots of games to get through. Um, I also finished a game uh, that I've been making my way through uh, this year, oh, yes. and that is the Humble Games published Flynn, Son of Crimson, uh, which I was playing on on Game Pass. It was one of the many games that I wanted to get through before our Game of the Year episode. Um, we should do a little tidbit, a little aside. We're going to make you wait for the Game of the Year episode um, because I... One, like with John stuck in cabin fever mode with a newborn ish baby who like I mean, we don't even know how much we'll be how long we'll be able to record this episode for. <laughs> We're hoping be, for we half didn't an even hour. Know how old she is. No. <laughs> but you know, there's point maybe half an hour before she wakes up, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, she's not gonna let us do like the three hours required for our yes. game of the year episode. Um and also we've not recorded an episode together since the last game of the year episode. Yes. Um so I think I wanna look forward to something or I want you to look forward to something. Um, to you know, get you through this 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 extra week of, of cabin fever insanity. Is that how much longer you've got to stay? Um, on, on I the think yeah, floor? I'm on my I'm on my seventh day of of isolation. I've heard that it's poss like possibly at ten days you can like you might be able to get released essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that for for sure. I've, it's a rumor I've heard that I'm clinging to as well. Um, and uh, it should be said that uh, anyone who has COVID right now without children, we don't pity you. We no. don't. We have no. We have no sympathy. I could um, unless you unless you're genuinely sick, and then you get a little bit of sympathy. But yeah, uh, yeah, like, this would be a, an absolute dream fortnight for you. Uh, were you without child? Right. Both both my wife and I, we love Olive. Your wife Joe Rogan. My wife Joe Rogan and I, we love Olive so much. But we've both agreed that were Olive not around, we could get through this isolation so much easier. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like as someone who has. Uh, survived as many lockdowns as you so far but no house arrest um doing that with with without kids would have been like you know i had so many friends being like oh so sick of lockdown i you know i finished a second yakuza game in in a month i'm like dude that sounds amazing yeah, stop complaining it's so good um <laughs> i yeah. had to like force my child to do school from home yeah you had to become school yeah um yeah no i mean look it's you know like I said, we, we love Olive. We're happy she's around. But the little voice in the back of my head is always like, you could have finished probably three or four games by this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, yeah, you're definitely, you're right. It's it's something that I'm, 
I'm so itching to talk about my game of the year list because I've spent just agonizing amount of time looking at it, rearranging it, trying to figure out if I've got it in the right order. Like, does the order feel right to me? My honorable mentions list is like pretty much as big as my top 10. Um, so 10, 10 honorable mentions. Yes, exactly. Um, and Hey, it might even grow between now and when we're able to record, but, um, yeah, I'm, I, I just want to set this thing free, you know? I want to stop thinking about it and start thinking about 2022's Game of the Year list. Well, I mean, it's up to, it's up to you. If you are, no, 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 if, no, no. If you we record, record this, in lockdown. We record this goddamn thing in person, Levens. We are, we are drinking so many beers. Yes. It's going to be so great. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not a fantastic situation. It literally, like, a week out from Christmas... It was like, mm. yep, you don't get Christmas this year. Like, ah, cool, thanks, thanks, COVID. Um, I I thought I would be a very cool friend and send John a care package. Oh, and Australia Post decided to deliver it to a completely different address. Um, and uh, my Christmas present to John this year was a hard copy of uh, Metroid Dread, a decidedly unindie game, but a game that I know he will love all the same. Now. As far as I know, he wouldn't have been able to play it, at the, you know, given the current situation with Olive, etc. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty stressful game too. Maybe not the game you'd, you'd choose to play in this situation right now, but uh, it's it's someone else has it, and it's uh, it's our Australian post office's fault. Yes, along with uh, I made you a a four course meal of gummies. Um, that that bit cuts the hardest to be gummy honest. burger, gummy pizza, gummy hot dog, and gummy toothpaste with an edible toothbrush for dessert. Amazing. Um, How far gummy technology has has come. I'm like holding hope that even though I I think I can get a full refund for the financial value of it, I'm holding hope that uh, someone just like pops that back in a return to sender. But I don't trust humans. No. Not in 2021. Just, Just I'm picturing someone shaking the package and being like, wait a minute. It sounds like a four course gummy meal in here. (laughs) Rip, rip, so, rip, throws away copy of Metroid Dread, eats gummies. Oh, eats copy of Metroid Dread. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, like enough about our lamentations, or John's lamentations, because I've got some lamenting to do of my own. Oh, go for that it. I, I felt bad doing it uh, to you as it happened live, because you were dealing with much more important matters. Um, but yeah, I played uh, Flynn, Son of Crimson, uh, to the end. Uh, a game made by Thunderful Games, I believe. Okay. Um, and... Uh, Look, yeah, published by by um, Humble Humble Games, who have put out a lot of my favorite games of this year. Um, it was it was made by sorry Thunder Horse Studio Thunder Horse. Yeah, and uh, it's available on all consoles. Uh, I played it on Game Pass on my Xbox Series S, and it is a like a side scrolling, uh, you know, beautiful sixteen bit platformer. Some excellent pixel art, some of the best I've seen this year. Um, it's a slow starter. It's very kind of like by the numbers platforming, brawling as you start. But as you play more and more of the game, you get a skill tree. You get all these crazy upgrades and new weapons. At one point, you're um, like in the beginning of the game, the first few levels, you're collecting like these talismans that um, like all spirits of the forest that go to uh, helping your dog. And um, your dog is this gigantic beast, um, Dex. And uh, when she is well enough, you can ride her through various levels and she can beat the shit out of all the enemies really easily. Hell yeah. Very fun. But there's so many new mechanics added to this game as you play on. Some of them are like, 
very, very quick mechanics. Like at one point, someone's like, hey, I, I invented this leaf that helps you float. And then so you do this level of like, you know, floating and getting all these collectibles as you float with a leaf. And I was like, oh, cool. This will come in handy going back through the other levels. This will be really fun. And then they're like, hey, you did it. Can I have my leaf back now? And that's the end of the leaf power. Oh, what? <laughs> very, very odd. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, made, I made it through um, to the end. Um, I 100%ed the game, Damn. beat all the bustles, got all the collectibles. Um, but I, I, I started like ticking off all the collectibles, unlocking all the skill tree. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. There's not like trophies linked to, to these uh, achievements. Like it's weird that nothing's like popping off on the, uh, I'm not getting any notifications that I've gotten all the collectibles or like, you know, beaten all these bosses, beaten the game. What the hell? What's going on? I haven't gotten anything. And then, so uh, I finish it and it says like, I finished it with a hundred percent completion. That's great. Um, so I watch the credits and then uh, I, I go, I exit out of the game thinking that like when I go back into it, um, all my achievements will pop off. Like must be some weird glitch thing. Sure. And then it says, um, open your save file. And the last save file was from a week ago and it was at 60%. And so what? even though I've finished the game and beaten all the bosses and gotten everything and done everything, I was like, oh, does this mean I haven't actually, like, you know, like, there's no proof. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, I, I played it with my daughter, Tilly, sitting next to me for the entire, like, last few hours of this game. She loves Flint of Star Crimson. She has it, it's this thing where she gets quite upset when she knows that a game's about to finish because she thinks, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's on me when I finish a game. I don't go back to it. No. So, she's, she, she wants to stay in that world for a while, you know. Um, and so, when she realized that uh, we hadn't actually finished the game, even though we had, but we could still finish the game, she was excited. Oh, she was okay. like, oh, great. So, now we can do it again. And I was like, well, that last boss was kind of a pain in the ass. But um, the last boss was, uh, it, it has the second phase is this phase where if you try to attack him, um, you can take off like big chunks of his health, but he, it's, he just takes too much of your health off you. Um, but you can just wait like to the side of the other level and then... There's like a few phases. Basically, if you let the, the the boss fight last like 15 minutes, you can just like chip off little bits of health in this small window where he can't attack you, um, and eventually beat him that way. And I did, and it's probably not the most noble way to beat the boss, um, but it's certainly not something I would ever do again. So I don't know if I'm ever going to actually fully finish Flynn, Son of Crimson to the point of proof of 100% completion. But hey, man, I got there. Did you get any achievements? During the course of the game? Yeah, up until that, like, you know, the 60% or whatever that I got, like, right. like the whole time I was getting them. So, I don't, I don't know what happened. Some weird glitch. I oh, must have yeah. been logged out or something. I don't know. Possibly. Um, Man, that sucks. Uh, but it's fine. Whatever. These these things happen. I mean, sure. I'm here, here I am, COVID-free. Um, celebrating Christmas with my family tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Settle down, Levins. Jesus. <laughs> That's just rude, man. I'm just saying, you know, I've got nothing to complain about. <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, but yeah, glad I finished it. Will it show up on my top 10? I think it might. Interesting. But, uh, hey, Interesting. Stay tuned for whenever we record that episode to find it out. Alrighty. Let's, uh, let's get into the meat, the meat and bones of this one. The marrow and liver, if you will. I've been, I, I just, I, you posted a story about Liver King and I fell down a Liver King hole. Yeah, we've been covering him in great depth on Hey Fan. Yeah. He is my if we, if if there was an award given for biggest maniac of the year, it would be him. He is uh if you go on Instagram, look up Liver King one word. Uh, he is the Liver King because he eats raw liver every single day. He likes to live a primal life, the same life that he believes his ancestors did. Uh, he sleeps on a bed of wood <laughs> and <laughs> 
He hates beds. Any beds. He actually did a video of him uh, destroying a bed with a tank. Sure. Doesn't hate <laughs> tanks. Hates beds. He has many, many tanks, as his ancestors did thousands of years ago. Uh, he is an absolute fucking deranged lunatic. And I love every second of content he gives me. I just love, for me, it's the cognitive dissonance that is like, I'm trying to live that ancestral life, including like meticulously detailing my efforts on social media, just like my ancestors did. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, you absolute dummy. Hey man, I've seen I've seen those cave paintings. Yeah, those, those are the original vlogs. <laughs> um, but funnily enough, it reminded me of I think it's called the that game My Renal Summer. Hmm. Like, as, oh my god, Renal Summer, the great Renal Summer. As a as a sequel to that, they should have one where you play as Liver King's liver. Yep. So yeah, in Renal Summer, you play as a dog, a dying dog's kidney. Yeah. So so yeah, definitely, I think Liver King's liver would be an interesting. Um, interesting one where you could blow up his liver with a tank. Well, um, our friend Meg just wrote back to me my, my, my story of the liver king, like literally just this second, uh, and said, uh, okay, I went deep on this channel because what the fuck is going on? And I still don't know. But if he is living an ancestral life, then why does he have so many guns? Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, like, like German 1940s World War Two weapons and stuff. Like there's... He's not a good good dude. <laughs> yeah, he's he is not a role model to have. He's a ha- he's a how not to essentially. Yeah. Um but anyway, let's uh man, let's get into this. Let's do let's Please. let's talk some games. Shall I kick this off? Yeah, man, dwarf it up. Dwarf it? Shall we dwarf romantic it? Spin the dwarf. Um so dwarf romantic is a essentially like a landscape building strategy slash puzzle game. Um Developed by a team of four game design students out of Berlin. Uh, what are they called? The Torkana Games, I think, is the name of the... Um, why do I have so many windows open, Levens? Is this a symptom of COVID? Um, it is. Probably, yes. Me? Uh, I've got a very, an acceptable seven. Except, great. I have two windows um, <laughs> currently going. So, yeah, Dorf Romantic, uh, pu- developed and published by Torkana Interactive... Like I said, it's a it's a like a, a strategy slash puzzle like landscape building game. Essentially, it's very much like a board game. Almost, you have a stack of I think when you start you have ninety five tiles. These are little hexagonal tiles, and your your you know the purpose of the game is to place these tiles down. Each of these tiles will have some form of landscape on it it could be a mixture of landscapes it could be one landscape so you could have one of these hexagonal tiles that's covered in trees or maybe it has a couple of houses and a river running through it or maybe it has a field and a railway line running through it kind of thing so you place these tiles down and you can as you place them down if you line up two sides with the same landscape on it it will form sort of like a bigger version of that landscape um so, for instance, if you have a bunch of tiles that have houses on it, you can essentially build a small town if you place these tiles right. Uh, so, you start with 95 tiles. Each time you put one down, you're taking it from your stack, you're depleting your stack. As you put them down, some of the tiles you put down will have objectives on them. So, it might be like, build a build a, a kind of group of fields that is this number in total. So, it might be like, you need to put down tiles and make nine and uh, sort of nine fields uh in one group 
as you do that, once you complete that objective, you get new tiles that are added to your your stack. Uh, the aim of the game is to obviously build for as long as you can, build the biggest kind of landscape that you can. You get points as you build, so you're looking to you know stack your points up as well. As you um, there are some objectives where it's like create a river that is ten tiles long. Once you tick that off, you get uh, a new tile that's added to your added randomly to your stack. Like it might be a a combination like a, a a water railway station or something, like a railway station that sits over a lake or something like that, which suddenly gives you more options in terms of how you build. Um, particularly with with water tiles or river tiles and uh, railway tiles. You can't just place those anywhere. They need to connect with other railway tiles or other water tiles um, in in certain ways. So they can become kind of limitations on how you um, how you place those down. This is a very relaxing game. It's it's you know it's got a it's got a lovely kind of you know very very gentle soundtrack in the background. There's no time pressure that's on you. There's no like, you know, if at no point will you put a tile down and the game goes like, eh, that was wrong, you dummy. Like, whatever you, however you want to place it down is however you want to place it down. The landscape you want to build is however, you know, the landscape you want to build, essentially. Um, it's just a very peaceful experience where any any stress that you get comes from you feeling that's like i definitely as my stack got low i started to be like oh crap am i like is this really the best place that i can put this tile is there another place that i can put it etc etc so it it definitely towards the end of my stack became a bit of a nail-biting thing but generally throughout the whole thing it was just a very nice experience playing this game which is not something that you can generally say about puzzle or strategy games that you definitely kind of feel the pinch with those um I uh I've played a couple of games so far. It was one of those like you know, since we're at the tail end of the year and I was I'm I'm trying to make sure that my game of the year list is as complete as it could be. Uh you know, I played a few and kept moving with other games, but it's definitely something I think I'm going to loop back around to again. I know that there's plans for it's currently out on PC. Uh, in early access at the moment. I know once they move to final build, they will be looking to do a Switch release as well as an iOS release, I believe. Um, and I guess initially I was like, huh, how are you going to, like, how would you pull off a Switch release for this? But based on you saying last week that Looper Hero actually worked really well on Switch, mm-hmm. I think super easy for them to pull this off. And also okay, great. I, iOS makes perfect sense for this as well. It would work fantastic with with touch controls. Um, yeah, so that's Dorf Romantic. Uh, I, uh, if you, if you like a kind of, you know, a puzzle game that isn't super stressful or super taxing, dive in guys. This is, uh, you know, build the landscape of your dreams. Unreal. Um, the game I'm going to talk about is a game called Unsighted. It is another game published by, um, Humble, Humble Games. They've had an insane year. And uh, I think for the first time, my my publisher of the year um, <sighs> will not go to Devolver. Oh, my God. Year. But we'll see. They've also had an amazing year, too. So, we'll see. Uh, Unsighted is an isometric Metroidvania game. 
Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> um, but uh, this game, uh, okay, this okay. The plot of this game is you play as Alma, who is uh, one of the few still sentient robots uh, in Arcadia, um, where many years ago a great meteor, big big meteor, crash lands um, on 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 the, like in in this world, and all the robots get consciousness, um, but humans are the enemies in this world and they have basically uh like cut off the robots from society and because they don't have the resources they need to you know stay like to maintain themselves um a lot of the uh city's robots have have, be- have turned on you they've become could become unsighted which means they are like mindless killers and uh, they just all they, all they are do is you know target life and and, and try and kill it. So uh, you you play as Alma, a, a, a girl who uh, a robot girl who isn't sure of her memories. She's lost a lot of them. She doesn't know where she's where she's come from or what she's uh, you know what, what what her goal is here. But she gradually meets people that know her and kind of fill her in. Um, it is from a combat point of view so tight and fun and awesome with so much. Uh, customization that you can do like from weapons to like uh, loadouts basically you you have like this kind of big bar that you can like attach power-ups to but you need to buy the patches to attach the pirate the power-ups to there's a lot of systems in this game sure. i would say that there's probably way too many systems in this game uh, including one that makes this game stand out from every other Metroidvania I've played with played before, but it stresses me out so much. Like hearing you describe the last game, Dorf Romantic, as a, a very calm experience. This game stresses me the fuck out right. because it has a time mechanic. Yes. So you are not a time loop mechanic. Um, Thank God. Very different from uh, every other game this year. Uh, do you remember that episode of the TV series based on the movie Weird Science, where um, <laughs> the the hot girl that they make from a computer, um, Vanessa Angel, of course Vanessa Angel, she builds gives them gives the two nerds um, two watches. Yes, one of them ha- get, ha- gets a watch that will tell him when he's going to lose his virginity, and the other one uh, gets a watch that fu- that will tell him when he's going to die. And uh, spoiler alert, they accidentally swap watches. So one of them thinks they're going to get lucky tonight. But actually, it's because the now reckless guy who thinks he's going to live for many, many years, is he's going to die that night. Um, this has great story, Levin. Thanks for sharing yeah, it. I was, um, was going to say, how did, like, how did you manage to pick one of the incredibly few amount of weird science TV series episodes that I actually would be how like, many- wait a minute, I remember that. How many series of weird science TVs? You, you can look that up while I... Right, you keep talking. I'm on it. So the time mechanic in this game, um, and it is... You can turn it off, but I feel like it would be betraying what this game... The, the main mechanic that this game has going for it is something truly unique. Um, everyone you meet in this world has a timer attached to them, including yourself. And that timer is when they and you... Are going to lose their virginity. Yes. <laughs> uh, when they essentially lose their uh, their sentience, they, they become unsighted. So effectively, when they die, um, and when you start the game, you have like two hundred and fifty hours left. Um, other other characters have three hundred, one hundred, um, and I've not yet got to a point where someone that I've met or myself has run out of hours yet. But I know that it is like permadeath. 
Right. And some of these are like maybe an NPC that you have formed a connection with or that you said you'd do a side quest for. Others are, oh, they run a very important shop that I need for power-ups. Or maybe it's a dog companion that I have for me for a part of the game. Um, It is like a very much a kind of like, you know, Zelda slash Metroid where you are making your way through a barren wilderness through like different worlds, searching for five different magical MacGuffins that will help you save the world. Um, Each of those MacGuffins is inside a dungeon. You have to find all the dungeons. You have to fight monsters. There's a boss in each dungeon. Yada, yada. That stuff is very classic shit. And I love classic shit like that. Yeah. You know. They perfected it. I don't necessarily need a time mechanic attached to it that's going to stress me the fuck out uh, because the characters are going to die. However, I respect the hell out of him for putting this system in place because I am scared of this game now. (laughs) And no game that I've played this year has instilled this fear in me. Uh, Sure, maybe a boss has freaked me out because I, I just eat so much shit when I try and fight it, but... This, uh, yeah, I, there's a genuine panic when I even think about playing this game. Um, because I'm like, I guess it's like that, oh shit, what if I do the wrong thing and I, and I, and that character's dead and then I don't have that character and then maybe I get the bad ending? Sure. It's that instead of, it, it's such a shitty way to engage with stuff because you should just live in the moment and you get what you get. And if, you know, if you loved the experience, but you're unsatisfied with that finale, then go back and do it. But I guess in the finite amount of time where I try and play and do as much as as possible, like, you know, knowing that I've already fucked up this perfect run or whatever, and may never get to see the, the truly satisfying finale to a story that I'm, that I'm engaging with is, I don't know. I just find it really stressful. Right. I guess it is like, very few games would remind you of your own mortality in the same way, I guess. No, I don't. Have, I don't care if I when I die, I die. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> Levin, we need a, to get we need to get you a watch that's counting down. Yes, perfect. Yeah. Uh, it's backwards from when I lost my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, when you it's thoroughly when, useless. It's when you regain your virginity, that's when it's counting down till. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, look, it's it's a really good game. The visuals are great. The story is, like, ridiculous, but, I, you know, it's ridiculous video game stories are fun. Sure. Um, uh, all the customization, I think it has way too many systems in place. Like, I think that's what scares me so much about the time mechanic, because I want to explore and... not. I, I don't want to just explore the entire map and, and talk to all the characters, but I also want to explore all the mechanics and, and, and experiment with, you know different power-ups and different weapon combinations. But with that timer, I just feel like I can't. Yeah, of course. No, that would be immensely stressful. And it's not like it's like, you know, hey, you have an hour to complete this game. It's like, I still think this is like a 20-hour game. Sure. If if I'm going to be constantly regretting decisions that I made to like, you know, because you can find this resource that adds... 24 hours so a day's worth of life to certain to either yourself or other characters yeah this game also has a day and night cycle which like the day everything looks awesome like the most incredible pixel art but then at night they just make it dark weird and it and you just can't see shit it's fucked yeah um i just i, I think there's if, if they just like had an editor that was like okay let's just like focus on making this really tight and less of all these like extra extra things there is the option like i said to turn off the um turn off the the time mechanic but i just feel like i'd be betraying the game by yeah yeah that. yeah um um look really cool game a lot of amazing ideas maybe too many amazing ideas that's my feedback <laughs> c minus too many amazing ideas see me after yeah. class well you know not amazing like 
too many amazing yeah. ideas that counter each other in a way. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't need them to introduce like 10 new mechanics in each dungeon, that kind of stuff. Like, when, I, when I'm the, I just feel like there's, like, and anyway, when you die, you lose hours. Oh, right. You, know, you still okay. respawn, but you lose a considerable amount of time. It's, yeah, it's, it's stressful, man. It's stressful as hell. Definitely. Oh, well, that was unsighted. I've definitely, I think some people in the Discord have, have raved about it. Yeah, a lot of people have loved this game. I've missed, I think, this and Ender Lilies are like the two big Metroidvanias that I, uh, I, I needed to try and play before we do our game of the year. And I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with the amount of time I put into Unsighted to know that it is a great game, just not, just not necessarily what I look for in a game like this. Sure. I, love, I love going, yeah, like, you know, you can finish this game in 20 hours, but I can spend 60 hours in this game and do absolutely everything that this game offers me. Whereas this one, I feel like if I try and get all the collectibles, everyone will die. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? Maybe this is, like, the game created to cure me of my, like, uh, 100% completionist um, obsession. Interesting. Okay. Or maybe the thing that happened to me with Flynn, Son of Crimson was also that. Maybe they should call it... Getting a lot of signs. Humble Bundle. Humble Games are trying to fuck me up. Yeah, Uncollected. That's what they should call the game. True. (laughs) All right, so that was Unsighted. Uh, Do we... Is it feeling kind of like word from our sponsor time, Levens, or should I press on? It's word from our sponsor o'clock, John. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thanks, word from our sponsor. Uh, John, you've got another game to talk about. Why don't you tell me about the game that you're going to talk about? (laughs) Um, That's code for. I've forgotten what games you're talking about, John. Um, I've got nine tabs open now. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The next game I'm going to talk about is a game called Wildermyth. Uh, Again, Wildermyth is a game that I have seen popping up on a lot of uh, end of year lists from various publications. I really like the amount of pleasure that I draw from this time of year and seeing what people have been putting in their game of the year lists <laughs> and also just judging them for it as well. Like great. Particularly after this year, there are a couple of publications where they're like, here are our top 10 games of the year. And it was all just triple A's. And I'm like, 
it's criminal not to include an indie somewhere in your list from this year because mm. there were some damn strong indies that came out. My my litmus test is generally unpacking. Um, if I see unpacking in an end of year list, I know that that particular journalist or publication actually looked around at all the games of the year and and picked which ones they thought were best. But if it's all just like Returnal, Deathloop, Forza Horizon Five, and nothing against Forza Horizon Five, it is a fantastic game. But oh wait, but but you are you are taking shots at the other two games you just mentioned? Not necessarily. I just think like. It's just one of those things where it's like there were there were indies that came out this year that are easily the equal of any of the AAAs that came out. Hmm. Um, that said that there are some wild ones where it's like unpacking and the Forgotten City are in the top 10 and then Death's Door is in the honorable mentions and I'm like, what? <laughs> That's weird. Anyway, um, this game, Wildermyth, is something that I've seen cropping up on a lot of top 10s. And I was reading the description of it, and I was like, you know what? I think I actually need to play this game. I want to check it out. A couple of people in that uh, now kind of semi-defunct Facebook group we were part of, Virtual Pals, they mentioned it as being absolutely fantastic as well. And I was like, all right, I, I trust you guys on this one. Let's give it a look-see. So it's uh, developed by a team called World Walker Games, who I think are a uh, six-person crew out of Texas. Uh, self-published as well. It is a character-driven tactical role-playing game uh, that basically consists of two kind of halves. One half is the kind of combat part of it, which, as you expect, is like turn-based, uses a square grid. Uh, you control your characters. You kind of get them to do their actions, and then it flips to the enemy's turn. The enemy responds, takes their actions... The other half of the game is kind of navigating your heroes around an overworld map uh, and making decisions for them, either story decisions or tactical decisions, that kind of thing. What really sets this game apart is it is honestly like playing a game, uh, playing a role-playing game with a proper dungeon master. You start the game, you 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 create three heroes. Um, Generally, I've been doing, you know, the, there are three classes, warrior class, rogue class, and, and you know, magic user class. Create one of each of those, so you've got tactical options in battle. Uh, and then set them on their journey. But in setting them on their journey, what it does is all the story is basically told in, like, what I think is best described as, like, little comic book vignettes. So it'll be like a series of sequential art featuring your characters. Um, you know, they'll be they'll be engaging in dialogue with one another. You might be offered the choice to like the the opportunity to make decisions throughout these little vignettes. Sometimes mm-hmm. these decisions can be around relationships. Sometimes they can be around tactics that you're going to use to approach a battle. Sometimes they can be simple yes or no choices about do you interact with this thing in the environment and and what might possibly happen if you do. I remember there was one of the uh, you know a, a playthrough I did where. My my party came across a big like wolf shaped statue, and uh, you know the the a voice from the statue kept asking, "What's my real name? What's my real name?" And finally, one of my party is like, "Ah, your real name is this," and it's like, "Do you want to accept the wolf's blessing?" And I was like, <laughs> mm, 
yeah, let's do this. And then suddenly that character had a wolf's head. Great. And over the course of the game, grew wolf limbs and basically turned into a wolf. And I was like, that's wild. Like, what? how, like... Not only did that happen, but also I had a hand in it happening. I was the one that made the choice. Um, yeah, so basically you, you kind of, you send, you know, the, 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 the world you're in is called the Yondering Lands. It's a fantasy-based game. You, you, you approach these things with a pinch of salt, obviously. Um, you send your, like, there is there is an overarching story that is taking place. You send your adventurers out into the world to various regions where you, you kind of, there'll be, a, there'll be a, 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 a place you'll need to capture or attack to get rid of enemy um, units that are there. Once you've captured it, they will provide you with resources at the end of each chapter, which can be used to... Um, Build new, stronger equipment, essentially. Um, You have a goal that you need to pursue, and so you need to balance. More often than not, that goal is time-based, so you need to really balance exploring the land and freeing up as much of it as possible against actually pursuing the story goal that you're after. There was one chapter I played through where it's like, you need to get to this place and capture a spear. And I spent so long piss farting around the map, kind of unlocking stuff, that I actually failed that mission. But it didn't end the game. It was just like, right, well, when we face the bad guy, eventually they'll be more powerful because we missed this objective, essentially. Oh, that's fun. Like, your characters, as you go along, um, you know, each each piece of equipment you add, it changes the look of their um, their character in the little comic book sections. If you, you know, if, if one of them loses all their health points during a battle <coughs> and instead of, like, you can then choose what happens when that happens. You can be like, they die, but they do 15 damage to all the enemies or they die, but they add three armor to everyone else in the party. Or it's even, they survive, you know, they, they, they don't die, but they're permanently maimed or, you know, they lose five charisma points because they now have a scar across their face. And then the next time they show up in one of the comics, they have that scar on their face and their behavior has changed and the options that you have for how they interact with people have changed. It, it It's the level of detail that they've thought through in terms of building how the narrative in this game works is excellent. It is really like such a weird breath of fresh air based on, like, you know, held up against so many other RPGs that I've played, you Mm. really get the sense that you are affecting the story rather than you are just living through a story that someone else somewhere has written for you. Um, I've played through the first... there There are, at this point, I think, five primary stories... Um, and then there's a couple that are just like, go on a three chapter adventure, go on a five chapter adventure kind of thing, like more generic sort of, um, experiences. I've played through the first one and started up the second one. And I think it's something that I'm just going to keep chipping away at, um, which is great. I mean, I'm playing it on, uh, PC. I believe there are plans to maybe bring it to switch at some point in time. Um, which again, I think would be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, this is... This is a game that I I understand why I've been seeing it pop up on so many game of the year lists. I think it's a really really cool um, 
sort of it's a very cool version of what's becoming a kind of increasingly stale uh game genre that kind of fantasy rpg sort of thing highly recommend it to any pc players who are listening give it give it a go give it a try unreal awesome uh john of any of the games you're talking about this week will we see them show up on your top 10 list man you know maybe uh i think this is like there's some goddamn strong competition put it that way um I, I I will admit that that Wildermyth caused me some agony in terms of looking at my list, but uh, I've 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 made my decision and I've settled upon it. So I don't want to reveal any more than that. I'm looking forward okay. to unveiling my top to. ten list. All right, you have been thinking. I got I, I've COVID been, like, Levens, fuck off. <laughs> I think I uh, I think I've only got three games on my list so far. Yeah, I don't know if I've had the rest out. No, as in like I just haven't I haven't given it too much thought. Oh, okay. I'm like I'm just gonna I'm gonna like. Hit the end of the year and be like, "It's time, baby." Yeah, and then and then put it together. Bianca, uh, take so, the children from the house. I must work out my top ten. Um, I've been talking about a few things that I kickstarted recently. Um, uh, last week I talked about the um, the card game Dust Biters that I kickstarted, um, and this week I kickstarted a uh, well, sorry, many weeks ago I kickstarted a digital version of a physical card game um a couple of card games made by one of my favorite game publishers and that is oink games from japan um they're best known for the games deep sea adventure and a fake artist goes to new york and the game startups uh i've got maybe 30 of their small games that were, they're kind of famous for creating games that are truly pocket-sized in these tiny boxes uh but many many hours of fun can be found in the tiny boxes and they're beautifully designed aesthetically pleasing, etc. Um, earlier this year, they made the decision to create a platform to publish their um, their board games digitally. And uh, they brought a bunch... They wanted to bring a bunch of Oink, their most famous Oink games to Switch. Um, and uh, they, they reached their target um, and they brought four of their games to Switch in the package Let's Play Oink Games, which brings... Basically, you have like a, a digital kind of board board game table and the ability to play like really good looking versions of Deep Sea Adventure, A Fake Artist Goes to New York, Startups and Moon Adventure, uh, which is a very recent game. Uh, in fact, a game that I previously uh, kickstarted, helped kickstart um, at the very beginning of this year or the end of last year, something like that. Okay. The, their first foray into Kickstarter um, was uh, Moon Adventure. Um Moon Adventure was a surprise. It's a very recent game that I actually haven't gotten around to playing the physical version of yet. So um, th- on the day that I got my backer code, um, I fired up um, Let's Play Oink Games on the Switch. And uh, the first game that me and my son Archie played was Moon Adventure, which is a... So Deep Sea Adventure, John, have you ever played or, or, or read about this game? Have Did we play it at some point? I don't no, think we, we play, we've played uh, Fl- Flotsam Fight. Flots, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> which I've, I love. I've not, what... I've not had, I've not had the pleasure. Hopefully, that comes to uh, to this collection because there is plans to bring a number of their games to it, uh, which is really cool. Um, and all the assets and like the, the the playability of all the games on here is really solid. You can uh, create CPU characters for most of the games if you don't have people to play with. Um, you can play online uh, for some of them, and you can play uh, you know couch co op or you know co- couch against each other. And in the the actual like games themselves, do they are they replicas of the physical? versions of the games uh yes but 
with way more in the way of explaining how to do things. So, Moon Adventure, for example, is a little bit more complicated rules-wise than their, your average Oink game. So, it was really cool being able to, uh, you know, be introduced to this game via a really amazing tutorial. Um, and you can turn the rules on and off with a flick of a button, no matter where you are in the game, to let you know what to do next and what, what the possible repercussions of your moves will be, all that kind of thing. It's great. Damn, okay. Um, but yeah, so we um, Deep Sea Adventure came out many years ago. It's like uh, I think it's their highest selling Oink game. Uh, it's a game where you play a bunch of dudes in the submarine. Um, you create like a, a line of counters that leads you out of the submarine down to basically as you flip each counter over, the deeper you are, it's a higher number, which means more treasure for you. Um, you have to move your little your little dude. Uh, what are they called? Meeples, like a person in a like if you ever you know that's like the name. It's like deep board game vernacular right uh, a, a meeple is the, is the name given to like a little wooden like faceless figure like that a represents little, a person a little avatar sure yeah um so in deep sea adventure you basically you roll the dice and uh however many numbers come up on your dice um that's how many uh units of oxygen you have and so with that you travel down as far as you want to go um to pick up the like to pick up the treasure and but each piece of treasure you have takes up an extra bit of oxygen so you know where you would normally move 12 from rolling two dice now you're rolling six you know the best you can do is six so i've died so many times playing that game because if you don't make it back up to your submarine um because you run out of oxygen you're just dead that's the end people do not a lot of people do not like deep sea adventure but it is immensely popular right they made moon adventure which operates on a similar way where you're following a line of counters out from a, a spaceship but this one you work together and there are ways to replenish your oxygen tank mm. um, and yeah so, so it's a co-op game um this is not so much a review of the game, but uh, if we are reviewing it, this is really, really good. And it's definitely going to be a game that I take to Christmas lunch physically. Um, Moon Adventure fucking rocks. It's cool to play good co-op games. I feel like are hard to come by. And this is a really fun one. Dope. Um, uh, if you do feel like a, a board game day with me and Archie coming up soon, John, we'll, be, we'll, we'll pull that one out. That's a good one. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I played that. I played Deep Sea Adventure just for a little bit. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to getting into startups. Um, that's a game that you need to have a minimum of three people playing on the couch co-op with you. Um, so I, I look forward to playing that. That is like one, maybe their most beloved Oink game. And I've never played it despite owning two versions of it and now a digital version. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, n- I look, 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 I, we can explore the many weird problems I have, but none of them are COVID. <laughs> yet um uh but yeah look i, I think as a uh, as a resource a, a way to like these games are pretty hard to import to various parts of the world this is a great little collection of some of their best games and plays really well the tutorials are excellent it just looks really good um and uh, has you know lovely music um this is uh this is totally a really cool game collection that i would recommend let's play oink games it's only available on I think PlayStation and Switch at this point. Right. So one one question that I've been I, I asked on the Discord and uh, got just Switch got no answer. One question I'm, I'm very much curious about is I know Archie is a big fan of Oink games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know I've I've played- Archie of course my eight year old son. Yes, almost eight year old son. Um, I've I've you know I've played a couple with him. Has he had a go on Let's Play Oink games? 
Yeah, so he and I played Moon Adventure together. Sure, okay. And, and what, the, the co-op game. What does he think... Like, do you think he still prefers to play physically or do you think having this digital option, he'll gravitate more towards that now? It's difficult to say because I think from a learning a game, digital is so much more like more hands-on in terms of teaching you the game mm-hmm. than just reading an instruction booklet. Like some of the more complex games we own, even some of the simpler ones, I swear like my brain just turns off sometimes when it's reading like the third page of instructions in a game instruction book. I forget everything on the first page and I just get like, I'm just like, oh, everyone go away. Everyone leave me alone for a while. I need to, I need to, I need to digest this. And then you've got to watch, you know, like a bunch of Let's Plays on YouTube to get your head around it, etc. cetera. Um, having the tutorial as accessible as it is in this that you know walks you step by step what every move is going to do. I just think it's such a wonderful way to learn to play a game. Uh, it is the way that it's... I, I, I wanted to play... When I got the digital version of... Um, What's the fucking bird game? Uh, wing wing tips. Wingspan. Wingspan. Wings, we have wing tips. That's great. I, that, that'd be great. Like a, a hot wings game. Sure. Called wing tips. Someone, someone make that happen. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that was a bit easier to get. I didn't fully get understand. I still don't know how that fucking game works. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I have an amazing understanding of Moon Adventure and the various roles that you can take. You actually get like you can assign yourself different jobs. Um, uh, like so, you can be a scientist, or you can be a an explorer. You can be a driver. Like, and, and they each have different perks associated to them. And the you know, the, for example, the tutorial does a really great job of explaining who they are and reminding you when you need to know. It's really cool. Okay. And like little things, like when I play a new game, like I'll forget one mechanic the first time I play it, like guaranteed. And this, like when you play digital, it doesn't let you. Um, Archie wasn't super excited when I was like, hey, dude, the Oint game collection is on Switch today. Let's play it. But, you know, three minutes into Moon Adventure, he was like, oh, this is awesome. Can we play a different one now? You know, he, okay. He's, yeah. Okay. Just, I was, yeah. I was curious because I know Archie is a big board game head. And I was wondering, like, digital versus physical for a kid, what's more important? Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like, you know, like, like Tabletop Simulator is very bare bones. You know, you sure. are just. You have like the, the the pieces around you. It's up to you to like make sure the rules are enforced. Whereas this is a very very well made simulation of yeah. what it is like to play an oink game. Nice. Let's play oink games. I, I kick, gladly because it's good. Kickstarting. That's yeah. They've they've made the title of it uh, like uh, a statement of what you should do. Yep. What's the last thing uh, you played? Uh, let's play Oink Games. Perfect. Let's play it, baby. Like, <laughs> damn it. You can answer my question afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. All right. Well, I'll I'll move on to the last game that I've uh, I've been playing over the last week, which is, uh, as I said, my personal pick for worst titled game of this episode, The Gunk. Uh, every time I say it, I keep thinking of We Got the Gunk. Give us the gunk. Uh, <laughs> oh. So it is developed by Image and Form Games, who are better known for their SteamWorld series. Um, you know, SteamWorld Dig 2 being one of our favorites, which we dealt with on uh, one of our game deep dive episodes in the last couple of weeks. Uh, if you'd like to listen to that one, we definitely recommend you do. You can do that by joining our Discord, uh, Discord our Patreon patreon.com slash all the small games uh, you'll find that episode along with a ton of other episodes uh, of deep dives and episodes where we've talked about other things non-gaming that we've been enjoying or non-small plus, games 
Plus access to the aforementioned Discord. Oh, yes, of course. You also get access to the Discord. But, so Image and Form Games, better known for their Steam War games. This is, I think, the first non-Steam War game they've published in quite a while. Yeah. Uh, or they've developed in quite a while. It's punished, published by the Thunderful Group, um, who I think they've just kind of joined forces with as like a... Uh, as the or you know they've they've merged with essentially for stuff going forward. Mm-hmm. In the gunk, you play as a woman called Rani, who, along with her companion Bex, you two are um, intergalactic scrappers, essentially people who are deep in debt, uh, who own a spaceship and are hunting through space uh, for you know something they can they can use as a big payday, essentially. They, um, they come across a planet that, to all intents and purposes, looks fairly dead from the outside, but they do register a large pulse of energy from it. And, you know, suddenly they've got dollar signs in their eyes or, I don't know, galactic credit signs in their eyes. Where there's energy, there can be money. So they head down to the planet to take a look. Bex is the mechanic and the, the, the pilot of the ship. Rani is the, uh, the person who's essentially the explorer, Rani has a um, a sort of she she lost her arm. It's alluded to during some dialogue. She lost her arm during a previous job, and it has been replaced with a kind of multifunctional, like multifunctional, almost cyborg arm that uh, she calls affectionately pumpkin. This thing can be used as a vacuum to hoover up resources around the uh, the environment that you're in. But more importantly, it can be used to hoover up this strange substance you come across that they title the gunk or gunk uh which essentially is this sort of gross looking blobby constantly moving um you know gunk i guess that uh you know coats the landscape and inhabits the local flora from you know growing and um and you know color from being in the world so the game you know, the game revolves around you as Rani exploring this planet, trying to find the source of this energy, but at the same time trying to get rid of this gunk infestation that seems to be everywhere. Uh, it, it very much functions as kind of like, you know, there's there's elements of like a 3D platformer to it, so there's a lot of like, you know, you've got to jump up this cliff face somehow to keep moving so you need to work out what to do you you know first you hoover up all the gunk and then the the surrounding area comes back to life and you realize that you need to pluck a seed and throw it into an energy pool which will grow a plant that has platforms on it that you can use to then traverse up the cliff etc 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 um as you kind of get deeper into the story you you run across uh, the ruins of an alien civilization and, uh, you know, that provides a little friction of excitement, if you will. But the main issue I have with this game is that very, very quickly it becomes incredibly repetitive. You you explore a little bit, you come across an area that's covered in the gunk, you hoover up the gunk, things come back to life, you then, you know, allowing you to traverse to the next area where you rinse and repeat over again. Um, you, there are upgrades that you can buy to your little cyborg arm, but none Mm -hmm. of them really, none of them really change things all that much. There are two, like you can increase its ability to, you can increase the vacuum on the arm, which allows you to get rid of the gunk faster. There's an energy 
bolt uh, upgrade you can do that allows you to open um, open certain doors uh, by shooting an energy bolt at like a little little light up thing above the door. It's crying out for like you know you could have had grappling hook, you could have had all manner of like traversal equipment attached to this arm, but they never really go that deep into it. So. The actual exploration, and don't get me wrong, I love games that allow you to explore alien planets. I think it's one of the like purest distillations of what makes gaming great in that it allows you to have experiences that you wouldn't normally be able to have outside of a video game. I just think the the exploration part of it is so simplistic that it never truly feels satisfying. The first few times that you, you hoover up all the gunk and the world comes back to life feels good but then it diminishes after that and you're like i'm literally just ticking a box because i can't move forward unless i actually do this uh the the interactions between rani your character and her companion bex in my opinion they got really frustrating really quick because rani is very like in awe of this this planet that they've landed on and the fact that there's a alien civilization on it and what could this all mean and you know that kind of stuff whereas bex is constantly like can you find that energy source so we can make some money please go and go and like <laughs> it's all very nice that you're enjoying this world you're in but we need money go find that energy source and after a while i was just like if this bitch tells me to fucking find this energy source again i'm gonna lose my shit like just got really grating that kind of interaction that they have. That's a bummer. <clears throat> it's it's one of those games where I think I'm fairly close to the end, but I think I've also run out of steam on it. Like I I I look at the the time that I've put into this game, particularly held up against the amount of time that I actually have to play games at the moment. Um you know, when not entertaining a seven and a half month old baby for the large part of the day. And I kind of think like, why aren't I spending this time? Like if I'm playing on my Xbox, why am I not playing Sable? Or why am I not playing Psychonauts 2 more? Like those are games that I was actually properly enjoying and would love to see the end of. Do I really want to see the end of the gunk? Do I kind of care that much? (laughs) Which is brutal mathematics, you know, to to kind of go through. But I just, I've realized that, like, I've been waiting too long for the gunk to kind of wow me. And I don't think it's going to wow me at this point in time. I think it's just, I I was talking to you over chat about it. I think it's a solid 6 out of 10 game. Like, there's stuff to enjoy in there. and, And God knows, like, the exploration angle of it, I do particularly enjoy. Despite the fact that you're never really, like, there's not many, that many different types of environments that you're exploring through also you unlock upgrades to your arm by scanning um you know scanning things in the environment so it might be like plants you can scan there are animals you can scan there are structures you can scan but even that in itself is frustrating and each of these each of these when you scan them on top of like moving you further to unlocking a new upgrade it gives you a little bit of flavor text about what this thing is like you know which which is great in a in an alien landscape finding out that kind of stuff the thing is it's very selective about what you can scan there are so many other plants in the environment that i'd know nothing about because they went no we're not going to bother with scanning those we're really only going to like and I would understand if they kept it just to stuff you can scan that is gives you resources 
But at the beginning of the game, there are definitely a few plants you can scan that are just there in the environment. They have no use. They're just uh, decorative, I guess. But why not extend that to all the decorative plants that are there? Like, it just, it really left me frustrated with, like, I want to explore this planet. Let me explore this planet. Why are you, like, narrowing the focus of what I can explore, essentially? So, yeah, the gunk, I found it to be a, a very lightly frustrating, simplistic experience. Um, like, you know, tick, ticks that exploration box to a certain extent, but... Yeah, never never quite grew to something that I thought was fantastic. Damn. Okay, cool. I'm I'm like curious about this one just because it seems like hearing you describe some of the things as repetitive and mindless, maybe this is a good podcast game. Um, you know, just playing on the couch while you're listening to something else. Yeah, could very well be. Uh I played it on Game Pass. Yep. So exactly. That, that's that's more of the reason why it's enticing to me still. Yeah. Know, so I, I think, I've got it downloaded. I think if I if I paid for this, I'd be much angrier about it. But because it was a Game Pass game, and not technically free, but you perceive of it that way, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a bit more like, oh well, okay. I had a I had an okay gaming experience. Good on me. Yep. Levens, bring us home, buddy. Bring okay, I'm going to end end on a, a short one, but an old one. Uh, Clockwork Aquario <laughs> is uh, a game that took 30 years to come out. Um, wow. It was uh, developed by West One, who are best known for the Wonder Boy series. Um, and uh, it, it started development in the early 90s, uh, 1992, uh, and it was developed for the Sega System 18. Um, and it was developed to like really push the hardware uh, of that console to its limits, but uh, it got cancelled in 1993 uh, because uh, it was a side-scrolling game. And uh, it was at the time where 3D games and fighting games were the, the, the arcade uh, hits. And as, uh, yeah, the Sega System 18 was an arcade console, uh, this got just axed, uh, despite being made by a very beloved uh, developer um, with an excellent team behind it, with amazing art style. Clockwork Aquario is just a game that for many, many years did not exist. But uh, in-in games and strictly limited games teamed up with West One and uh, released this, like, you know, oddity from the past. And it is a really charming, like, pixel arcade uh, brawler where you can choose from playing a girl character, a boy character, or a robot character. Uh, and you can you walk, walk... There's, like, waves of enemies. You can smack an enemy, and they kind of, like, they, the robot enemies collapse to the ground. Then you can pick them up and throw them at other enemies, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 style. Um, it is pretty simple, um, gameplay-wise. And there's definitely some difficulty in it, in it, like, if you are playing by the rules. But because this is a re-release of an old arcade game, the rules don't apply to you. You can just constantly just give yourselves more more credits and uh, and just keep playing this game for many, many lives. Um, there's, like, an, an easy mode, which is, like, doesn't change the gameplay at all. I think it just you have unlimited lives to beat the campaign. Uh, a, a, no- a normal mode, which is what I beat it on, which is, like, I think you have, like, maybe, like, nine credits or something like that. And then hard mode, you have to beat it all on the one credit. Damn. Um, there's an extra mode after that that you only unlock if you beat it on hard mode, which I, I, I haven't and probably will never do. Sure. Um, but this game is super charming. You can knock it over in like well under an hour. Um, there's like big fun bosses. It really feels like playing like a, a beautiful arcade game in an arcade. Like you play it on the TV. It looks 
it's very rare you see pixel art this good. The music rules, sound effects are really great. It's like the whole package in terms of like a like my favorite style of arcade game, which is like the the arcade brawler, you know, but like super colorful version of that. Like like the Simpsons brawler, for example. Sure. But this is like that weird Japanese one that never got released in the West or anywhere in the world um, until now, and it's called Clockwork Aquario. Um, and uh, look, I've played a lot of uh, of re like you know either re-released or revisited um, old arcade games that have been published by independent publishers this year. Uh, the bulk of them being published by in-in games, um, and this is far and away my favourite. Um, and okay. it is like a you know it's a proper oddity from the past. Um, so if you are interested in, in video game history, uh, definitely at least uh, look this one up and uh, and see if the art style and music appeals to you because it's uh, it's 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 a red hot game in my opinion. Clockwork Aquario, check it out. Um, it's on uh, Switch and PlayStation Four slash five. Nice. Yes. In in were they the were in in the ones behind the Cotton games? Yeah, the Cotton Cotton games and um, uh. A similar public. I don't know if they do Turrican directly, but it's the same kind of PR team that overlooks a lot of the uh, older games being re-released, and they work hand in hand with uh, limited run games as well. Nice, yeah, great. Well, there you go, folks. Six six red hot game. Well, five red hot games. <laughs> I'm sure the gunk isn't that bad. I'll, I'll, I might try and play it and let you know if it is that bad. I'm very curious. I've seen re- I've seen in various because I looked up some reviews just to be like, am I getting the wrong end of the stick with this? And a lot of them talked about it'll take you like three hours to finish. Yeah, right. I don't know how many hours I'm up to because my my playing of it is such a fractured thing. But uh, you know, I, I I would be interested to see what you think. I saw it like, yeah, like a four to six hour um, time time frame. Um, okay. And like, yeah, most of the reviews I've seen have been like around sixes, sevens. So yeah. like, you know, no one no one loves this game, but. Uh... Stick yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure stick I, to Steam image and form. But not the Steam games that I don't like. Just the Steam yeah. games that I do like. No more of Thank this, you very much. No more of this quest nonsense. Give us Steam World Dig 3. Um, but they're not giving us that. What is the next one's like a, like a 3D. co-op shooter 3D thing, Oh, right? God. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't know. Have, have your fun image and form. I don't care. Sure. Uh, hey, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. It, hopefully, I'm going to put this up before Christmas happens. Um, I'm going to tr- do my heart, do my damnedest. And uh, if you appreciate this episode, um, let us know by hitting us up on social media. Uh, you can find us at, on Twitter at all the small game or on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash all the small games. Or you can email us, facebook.com, sorry, Email us all the small games at gmail.com. The number one thing we would love for you to do, though, is support us on Patreon, where you can get a uh, access to a bunch of bonus episodes we've done in the past, um, and uh, also join our Discord and discuss indie games with people this festive season, all Christmas long. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash all the small games, and we would appreciate that so much. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us this year. We will hopefully see you again before the year is out, but wait, are you, do you get, are you allowed out of house arrest before the end of the year, or...? Uh, if I do the full 14 days, I will be out on the 30th or the 31st. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see. If not, you'll see us shortly after that yes. for our game of the year episode. I'm very excited. And uh, if you want to spread the word about the podcast and let us know that we're about to record, uh, like, you know, the highlight of uh, all the small games for every year, uh, please, that would be, that would be sick of you. Very sick indeed. Merry Christmas to you, John, and to every listener. Especially those of you with COVID. <laughs> may your may your may your care packages from your best friends not be sent to different to the wrong address. Yes, indeed. Merry Christmas, everybody.
and to all a good game. <laughs> to all a small game. I love it. <laughs> See everybody. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.